Welcome to MicroWorth Talks. I'm your host, Xavier Gallego, VP of Brand and Marketing, and I'm delighted to take you with me on our journey to grow the future of materials. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we will talk with Patrick Thomas, former CEO of Hermes and currently member of the board of directors here at MicroWorks. We will discover what luxury and excellence mean to him. We will get to know a few anecdotes of when he was the CEO of Hermes and get his thoughts around the future of alternative materials and uh, reishi. So stay tuned. Let's get started. Hey, hello, Patrick. How are you? Hello, Gary. How are you? I'm, I'm excellent. I'm excellent. Thanks for asking. I've been looking forward uh, for today. You know, like uh, um, you are a, you are a legend in the luxury world, and and uh, Whoa, no, 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 <laughs> no legend, no legend. <laughs> no, well, you still you still doing it. But I remember the first day that Matt, our CEO, talked about you joining the board of directors. I'm like, oh my god, this is like a milestone. You know. Um, it's so um, relevant that a person like you, with your with your past, um, join us and join our journey. So it was uh, it was humbling, but also like exciting. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about today. So I would love to know. Tell me a little bit about your career. How did you get to be the CEO of Hermes? You know, it's an encounter. In fact, <laughs> first of all, I was my first position in Hermes was not to be the CEO; it was to be the COO. I worked with my predecessor. Uh, for eight years before uh, I succeeded him. So uh, it was a very interesting because I was not coming from this world of luxury. I was uh, coming from the commodity market and consumer goods. And so uh, I was very fortunate to learn luxury from uh, my predecessor who was a, he, he was a legend in the luxury good, uh, Jean-Louis Dumas, much more than I am. And uh, I learned a lot from him in particular in terms of vision. And then I succeeded him uh, when he retired and uh, but I never changed his vision. I changed the management methods. I changed the processes and things like that. It was it worked very well. But I always followed the vision that he had, which which we are going to discuss. How important is it for a company in general, but for a luxury company, to have a vision? Vision is absolutely key because you have to know where you want to go, and that's exactly like if you are uh, if you sail. And if you sail and you don't know where you, you want to go, the wind never blows in the right direction. So vision is absolutely key. And my predecessor had a vision, which was basically inherited from uh, the company, which was that uh, Hermes should be the ultimate quality in terms of uh, luxury. Here, of course, there were many other strategies to develop to, to reach that. But you see, in 20 years with Hermes, I never attended a meeting to cut costs. I attended meetings to add value to the product, and that's very key in terms of strategy. Wow, not everybody thinks that way, I can tell that. Um, before, <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> before we get into some of the, the learnings from your experience, I have a question to ask you, because I, I do that every in every single podcast. And, and the question is, when was the first time that you heard the word mycelium? In fact, the, you know, I heard mushroom, a long time ago, about about leather and natural leather uh, uh, made out of uh, something else than the uh, animal. But mycelium, I only heard the name for the first time like two or three years ago. 
Nice. And, uh, and it was through my co-work that I heard mycelium for the first time. It was in a press article. Yeah, were, were they referring to the first leather you met as champignon leather? Yes, mushroom <laughs> leather, yeah. <laughs> what a nice Absolutely. name, huh? <laughs> did you laugh at it yeah. or like did you what, what, what created when you learned when you read the first time like champignon leather in a newspaper what were you thinking I knew already through my job that uh, this new product was in, in a development process and I thought it was extremely smart to develop that and uh, that's basically the reason why I was uh, very pleased and honored by the way to join uh, the board of my, of my co-works because uh, I think uh, this product has a huge future and a massive potential, I'm sure of that. And, and where MicroWorks can develop new products for specific applications. That's what we all want, to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, I was wondering, because we were talking before about how you started, how close you worked with the CEO before you became the CEO of Hermes, how you learned about vision. Yeah. And in all these yeah. years, what can you tell me about luxury? Well, it's coming from a word in Latin called lux luxus. Luxus in Latin. And, and luxus has two meanings in Latin. The first one is glitz and glamour. The second one is sex addiction. <laughs> so uh, 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 basically, I like neither. And that's why I don't like luxury. And I will maybe I will surprise you, but I, I don't live in luxury. I, I hate luxury. I'm, I'm not interested in luxury because I think we should replace luxury by excellence, by quality, mm -hmm. by the search for excellence, and by quality. Because what is it? In fact, it's every human being is trying to upgrade and improve the quality of his life. Whatever the category, whatever the social level where you are, uh, social class or whatever, everyone tries to improve the uh, quality of, of his or her life. And luxury produces uh, uh, products from, from uh, uh, everyday life, huh? but uh, luxury adds to the product a content of pleasure of usage, huh? pleasure of the senses, pleasure of, of the touch, pleasure of the smell, pleasure of what you can see. And basically, we add pleasure to the day-to-day -day life of the people who are customers of, of luxury goods. But now, today, you have luxury in every product category. Yes. So that's why I don't like so much luxury, luxury but I, I think we should talk more about excellence or search, of ex search for excellence. Uh, you have a, a luxury car, you have luxury food, you have luxury restaurant, you have luxury whatever, everything, cruise and everything, uh, because th there are more and more people who are wealthy and there are more and more people who basically have access to this product category and want to spend a little additional money in order to improve and upgrade the quality of their life. Yeah. That's how I would define luxury, which for me is about beauty, huh? about sensuality, fun, about creativity. And it's a, it's a very rewarding world to, to live in. I must say, I have been very, very fortunate to spend 20 years in that world because it's very exciting. Mm. Of course, it's, it's, it's hard work. You have to work a lot, um, exactly like in any other business. But at least the output is very exciting. Yeah, like uh, I love the word excellence. I think that that... Yeah. Since we started working here with Matt, uh, our focus was quality. And it was like how we can convey quality, how we can work with quality. That's why we partnered with Hermes Absolutely. first. Uh, yeah. That's why um, we engage with you and, and, and we try to get your knowledge because 
for us, like it's not about sustainability or you know any other subject. It's about how we can provide the best material ever. Yes, and the best material ever, and a material which is going to last. Exactly. Mm. Which is a really interesting topic, by the way, Patrick, because sometimes I, right now I have this in my head about luxury. You know, like luxury is sustainable. If you think that way, like in, in terms of excellence and quality, if you buy an object that lasts for 150 years, that's sustainable. Absolutely. That's why, you know, there are two categories of luxury. And the luxury, which, which is about glitz and glamour and uh, uh, every new, a new product every three months is not sustainable and is not a model that we should support. Uh, for me, the definition of excellence is a product which is going to last. If you take a, a bag of Hermès or a top quality item, whatever it is, these items will last for years and years. I, I know even granddaughters who inherited the bags of the, from their grandmother, you know, and uh, these products last. So that's real sustainability. Mm. In front of that, you have the eat bag that you, that you dump every three months. It's exactly the opposite. Yes. And also like the emotional connection to an object that lasts that long. So at the end, you started with like a, a, a very physical thing, right? Which is the quality of the material, but it ends up being an emotional connection, which is the storytelling, yeah, the, the branding, you know? The, and the, the emotional connection is a reason to keep the, the object longer. Exactly. And that's, that's why for me, the, the true luxury, which I, I hate the word luxury, but you have to use it because yes. we haven't found anything better. But see, the true excellence is to have products of such a quality that they last very long. Eh? Yep. And that's the true sustainability of luxury. Yeah, true story. So let's switch gears a little bit in terms of like, well, you were in a very established world with companies that are um, hundreds of years old. And suddenly you decided to join a board director of an alternative material company in California. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's a big step for someone that could be just like observing and uh, having a more passive uh, position. Why? Why did you wanted to join, and, and what makes you believe in alternative materials in, in my works? I made the decision to join my works because I met Matt, uh, and I, I, we had a very uh, friendly and very interesting discussion and contact, but also because I think that this is a project which is going to help develop and protect our environment in the future. By developing new products in that category, which are going to avoid destroying natural resources and things like that, we contribute in a small way. But, uh, you know, from environment has to be protected by little initiatives. It's very difficult to, to, to save the world uh, on your own. Uh, but all together we can do it. And that's exactly one of the reasons why I decided to do that. And also because I am convinced of the huge potential of my co-work as a company and of the Raishi product. Nice. Oh, it's good to hear from you that you think that way. Um, how do you imagine this transformation, if you will? Like, uh, th there's plenty of brands that are trying to be luxuries or excel in their products. Um, alternative materials are just like up and coming. There's a lot of work to be done. How do you see that transition between what luxury is, in your words, durability and excellence? It's to not, what it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen in a day. Basically, people will become more and more conscious of the need to protect our environment and to use materials with materials which do not destroy natural resources. 
And I think that what's going to happen with the rice, the leather, is that you will have from the very beginning when some brands will start to, to propose products made out of uh, our leather, you will have people who will react uh, uh, and saying, I, I want this leather. Of course, I want to buy a beautiful bag from XYZ, but I want to protect the environment and the planet. And therefore, the proportion of these people is going to increase uh, step by step uh, with time. And you will discover two things. First of all, more and more people will be interested, in particular, because the quality of the product of the leather is outstanding. And basically, the end product that you make, the bag or whatever you make with it, is of a similar level of quality and durability as uh, with an animal leather. But the second thing is that there is a, a, a meaning, a sense that people will love it. At the same time as they buy a luxury good item, they also contribute to protect the environment and the planet. And I think that this is this double trend which is going to boost the market in the future. But it's not going to happen tomorrow morning, fortunately, by the way, because our production capacity would, <laughs> wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't just, make it. But, yeah. but it's going to happen in the 10 years to come. And I, I'm convinced that the potential market of, of a company like Microwork is gigantic, not only in the luxury good industry, which I mean, not only in the bags and accessories and things like that, but in many, many other product categories. I just remember that uh, the good wine takes time, right? And, uh, Absolutely. And this, Absolutely. Is, and this is what we're doing here. Like, it, it takes time. We're in a culture that is a cost, uh, like, that, that gets everything so fast. And, yes. and, and when yes. something takes time, it's almost like a failure, right? Yes. So, yeah, yes. We have to get used to that, to come back to that, to time again. We are too much in a hurry. Yes, yes, 100%. Yes. Another thing that I was you, thinking when you were talking about uh, is how uh, we are moving from a world where luxury or excellence was a status and you were trying to buy a status in life. But now we are transitioning to a world where it looks like we want to buy values. Like we want to not only have the best, but that that thing it's made with the, the most conscious and, yes. you know. Yes, you have two categories of, uh, you know, of, of, of luxury, the subjective or the objective luxury. What is the subjective is basically the, the ad of uh, L'Oreal, because I'm worth it. So it's a sort of a mirror of your of, what, of who you are. And you feel and you decide that you deserve the best end of story. Uh, in my opinion, it's a very bad motivation. The, and you have the objective luxury. And what is the objective luxury? It's exactly what we were discussing before. is a search for excellence in your day-to-day -day life. Of course, you don't reach excellence in every uh, moment of your life. But you may select some moments some uh, purchases, some events where you want to reach excellence and, and you, you select to buy luxury in that uh, category, whether it's accessories, whether it's bags, whether it's travel, whether it's food, whether it's a restaurant. Huh? That's, the, I think, what makes sense in terms of luxury, what, what we call, you know, there is a search for sense or for meaning in the luxury yeah. good business. And, and that's the, the positive one. The, the one which is a sort of mirror of, of who you are is, is, is a bad motivation. It's a pretty poor motivation, in my opinion, uh, because, because uh, uh, it's a competition to show glitz, glamour, and money. And that's, uh, that's not very good and contributes to increase what we call inequality. Yes, and also like it's, it's unsustainable because you will always want more, you know? Yeah, you will always want more. You will dump uh, the product you bought yesterday and buy a new one tomorrow. 
and that's a disaster from an yeah. environmental point of view. Yeah, it always amazes me when you know some folks use like one thing one time only, and I'm like, okay, that's not that's, yeah. not, that's yeah. not the way. <laughs> Patrick, I, I'm I'm really excited because like a, a couple of uh, maybe a few months ago, a year or so, I I saw the Victoria back for the first time, the one that used like Raytheon or Sylvania. And I was like blown away when I saw the object. Have you seen it? Did yes, you get access yes, to it? Yes, I have. What, what yes. does it make you feel when you see something like that? You know. Honestly speaking, uh, I think it's a product which equals uh, the same product. Because, you know, it's a bag that had been produced before uh, with yes. animal hides. Okay. And when I saw it, uh, honestly speaking, I thought it was really matching the level of uh, sensuality, of aesthetics, of beauty uh, that we had before uh, when we used uh, animal uh, hide. So uh, there is no, it's not a byproduct, it's not a product which is cheaper, or it's, it's, it's the same category of product uh, with a different material. I thought it was a very beautiful item. And, and by the way, if you don't tell them, very few people would believe that it's not an animal hide. Yeah. And, and, and about the partnership, like I remember when we were uh, starting again and, and I was talking with, with Matt, it was clear to us that we wanted to partner with Hermes. We knew there is going to be a challenge, but a challenge that we had to take. What do you think about a startup in California partnering with Hermes? Do you think it's good, bad? Well, I think, uh, I think that, you know, Hermes is a very difficult customer because they want to reach perfection or as close as possible to perfection. So I have seen this process 20 times. Um, you have to work hard and very hard to fine tune the final product. And then when the product is finalized and uh, is agreed by Hermes, then it will be, I think it will be a success story. But uh, it has, they cannot take a chance of having, a, you know, a bag which is going to last, which is going to be the same quality as the bag they are making for the moment out of uh, animal hide. So they are going to be very demanding, but after that, they are very loyal and very faithful customers. Yeah, well, it's been a journey, but I remember being yeah. being there, meeting the people, seeing the atelier in Paris, and I was m- mind yeah. blown. You understand what you are saying when you see how much everybody cares and everybody, it's uh, it's you, proud. You see the care, the care they put in 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 the production of a bag which can last from fifteen to twenty mm-hmm. hours. So you you see that, and it's uh, you understand why they are so demanding in terms of uh, raw material quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is important to look at the long term instead of like the the, the three months from now, you know. And I think like that uh, as a startup, it was yeah. it was it was a smart decision to take, even though it's the hard one. Yeah, yes, yes. But you know what I learned because a customer is extremely demanding that a supplier or a company will eventually manage to produce the best item. Because uh, if the customer is not too demanding, then you 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 are satisfied with. Uh, Okay, it's okay, it's just okay. If the customer is extremely demanding, then you work, you work, you work, and at the end, you produce the best quality level that you can reach. I can imagine. And when you produce the best, people do crazy things about it. I'm just more gossiping now, but like, what is the craziest thing that someone has done while you were in their mess for a Birkin bag or one of the iconic bags? Whoa, I remember a, a friend of mine, she's an actress, uh, pretty well-known actress, but she's also a horse rider. She comes to see me when I when I became the CEO of Hermes. She comes to see me and says, hey, hey you know, Patrick, the Hermes quality is degrading. 
what I say, why? She shows my her saddle. She says, my saddle needs some restitching. Um, uh, and it's a harness saddle. So I take her to the to the saddle workshop, and the master saddler says, oh, yes, madame, uh, we, we will do some restitching. When did you buy the saddle? So she said, because we have a, you know, a big book. Now it's a computer, but at the time it was still a book where every saddle is registered and, and we follow uh, when we repair and everything. So when did you buy the saddle? Oh, she said, I never bought it. In fact, I inherited the saddle from my mother. Uh, so uh, the guy says, hey, hey, give me the name of your mother. I will find when, <laughs> oh, when she wow. puts it. Uh, and, and he gives the name of the mother, and we don't find anybody. So my friend, the actress, she says, oh, maybe my mother inherited the saddle from her mother, my grandmother. So she gives the name of her grandmother, and we found that the saddle had been produced in 1937 and never repaired, ever. And we were in 2004. So in 70 years, this saddle had never been repaired. So we repaired the saddle, and my chauffeur delivered the saddle to her place, and uh, with a little word from the workshop saying, we apologize for the inconvenience. And the saddle workshop, they sent me a copy of the letter, and at the bottom they had put, nota bene, your lady friend will stop riding horses before the saddle gets worn out. <laughs> wow. I, I'm like, I'm so curious to see that book. You know, it must be like, uh, even for the ca ah, calligraphy. It, it, can, and, yeah, yeah. Oh we we have the books. We have the books. And, uh, you know, on the on, not only you have a, a design of the saddle like when it's sold, but also you have a, the history of the saddle. If, if, if the saddle gets repaired, it's written what we have done. So it's very well done. But now it's, now it's computerized. So it's yes. different. It's less beautiful. Less beautiful. Well, there's a yeah, it's practical, but not as as uh, yeah. glamorous. I think like, wow, what an experience she had when uh, when asked and found the name of her grandmother in a book. I mean, I can only imagine. Yeah. You know, it, it's almost <laughs> that's what we were talking before about the emotional connection. Um, the yes, quality so, is yes. there, but then now, like, yeah. she knows that there is a book somewhere with the name of her grandmother. Like, the day that she was there, can she can project herself. It's like a beautiful story. Wow, thank you but so you much can, for you, sharing. You can, you can imagine the care you have to put in the uh, making of the saddle. Uh, if a saddle, which is used, uh, not I don't know, daily, but probably at least uh, several times in a week, for 70 years and, yeah. and it's never repaired. You can imagine the, the quality that it requires. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It, 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 but also <laughs> like the way that how how smoothly you yeah. um, made her understand that, yeah, the quality is still up, you know, like it's it's been 70 years without repair, yeah. repairing, but also yeah. we know exactly who when that happens and we are going to repair yeah. it and you like, exactly. sorry, for the, sorry for like the inconvenience, you know, that's so, so You know, clever. because the... Because the product is unique uh, in, in that category. Uh, there is yes. a, a, a number, same with the bags, they are unique. Yeah, that's, it, it is, it is. So I feel like we did a masterclass with you, and, and, I, and I'm conscious that I want to take too much time. But I have a last question. What does sustainability mean to you? For me, it's very simple and basic. We have to go back to the common sense. We have to stop over-consuming. We have to be smart in the way we utilize the uh, natural resources of the planet, and we have to change our attitude, uh, not to exhaust 
the planet and the natural resources, but take care of them exactly like we take care of the water of the water when uh, it's too dry and there is a shortage of water. We have to become intelligent in the way we use uh, uh, the raw materials which the planet is giving us. You know, with this frenzy of consumption, after the Second World War, we became crazy and people overconsumed and people made the big mistake of being that there was that basically the supply of raw material was infinite, which is not the case. So we have to come back to common sense and to be reasonable and to to live more modestly and change our consumption attitude and behavior. Hundred yeah, percent. That's yeah. what it means for me. But it but it's very basic. I haven't invented anything. I think it's the same for everyone. Yeah, I I love hearing the different different definitions of the word. You know, like everybody gives their own perspective on it, and I think that the beauty is that you, we are all right. You know, like there's many meanings for that word, and and, and but you know, yeah. like it's good to hear them out. And I and I and I wish yeah. that we could like have a glass of uh, of wine and and talk a little bit more for hours. You know. Um, yeah. And by, and by the way, like, do you have any favorite California wines? I bet that that, that you have something going on there. Ah yes, well I have quite a few. Uh, I quite like the Opus one, but I, you know, I, I drank some very good wines in Napa Valley, in the Napa Valley. But you know, uh, I'm a little bit chauvinistic because I was born in Louis Saint George in Burgundy, uh-huh. and uh, so 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 I, I have a, a sort of a reference in mind, which is uh, the, the the top Burgundy wine, uh, and uh, I'm a little bit chauvinistic about wine, but uh, <laughs> I drank quite. Uh, a few very good wines in the in California. Very good. Nice, good to hear. I'm looking forward to be able to share a wine and and, and talk. Oh, about more it would stuff. be a pleasure. I, it would be a great pleasure. Well, great pleasure, Patrick. Thank you so much for your time. And, and again, like, um, talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Au revoir. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it as much as I did hosting it. We are thrilled to have you with us in our journey. So if you want to learn more, please follow our Instagram page at MikeWorks for our latest news and more. This episode is being produced by Maddie Nathans, sound editing by Carney Ballardo, content editing by Chanda Aloto. <laughs>